Hey, hey, welcome back to Down and Chat Podcast. This is Dan. And I'm Martin. This is a podcast where two poutine lovers from Toronto do a deep dive on a variety of topics from teenage romance on TV to more serious topics from all around the world. This week, we've brought on a guest, Vicky. Hey, Vicky. Hi. Hey, Vicky. So, Hi, so Vicky uh, is a friend of mine uh, from the master's program we attended. But Vicky, I'll leave it to you to talk a little bit more about yourself. About myself. I'm new-ish to Toronto. I moved here three years ago. I was originally from China, but I went to high school and the university in the States. I was in Boston for high school, and I went to a really small liberal arts school uh, near Seattle area for university. And then I worked in Seattle for one year before I moved here. Um, awesome yeah yeah what what is your what's your field in terms of like the general industry ux the same as martin we went to the same program for for ux yeah and it was great i think it was the actually the very first team project that we had in that class where we were like teammates and so that's how i got to know vicky yeah um which is awesome so i think it's been what how many years now how many years was it three years yeah because you're Damn. one of the first people I met in Toronto. Like, I didn't know yes. anybody when I first moved to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hopefully, I made a good impression. Hopefully. Hope you <laughs> represented us well, Martin. Yes. I know well. how poor of a, <laughs> of a... No, it was great. It was definitely good. Wow. For the folks listening, it was definitely great. I, I don't know. Martin, <laughs> meeting Martin can be a really scarring, life-changing experience sometimes. It is a mind-blowingly positive experience. I beg to Vicky, differ. just say yes. Don't just, do it. Just nod your head. It's a trap, yes. Vicky. Don't do it. Definitely mind-blowing experience. <laughs> mind-blowing in a Vicky, negative way. Vicky, blink, overall, so... overall positive. Yeah, blink, blink, positive. blink twice if Martin's pointing a gun to your head. <laughs> Vicky, you're supposed to be on my side. Um, so, Vicky, uh, like right. being a person that didn't grow up in Toronto or rather even in North America, what was, it, what was the transition like going from China all the way to uh, moving to the West, Western world? I would just say... Uh, it was exciting. Um, it, it was definitely difficult in terms of the culture shock, but I felt like because I moved to uh, North American when I was fairly young, when I was 16, so I felt like I was able to um, adjust it fairly quickly. And then I felt like if I, if let's say I, I moved to North America several years later when I already have a very developed worldview. That might be a little difficult, but because I was still developing my worldview and the perspective and my personality even. So I, I felt like I adjusted pretty quickly and I, I, I loved the, the, the Western culture. And I can definitely feel my, myself in some ways more aligned with the Western values and the cultures and the behavior preferences than the Chinese ones. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm a mixed. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I guess something that I always thought was amazing about you and like Mm -hmm. other people who just came here for either high school or university is that you came here like by yourself. Uh, To my knowledge, you didn't have any family in here or Seattle, right? So it must have been like a huge learning experience for you. But also, I don't know. I think I would be really intimidated. Uh, moving to a country by myself, no family, no friends, different culture, different language, and trying to pick up and learn everything. So I think kudos to you for, you know, 
uh, making it all the way here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I definitely think that being so young played a positive role in my experience in that I never left China before. I never went abroad before. So that was my first time. time. Mm -hmm. And it was more exciting than scary. But interestingly enough, three years uh, three years before I moved from U.S. to Canada, mm-hmm. I was really scared. And like my parents said, like, what are you doing? Like you did the same since like when you were 16 and you did not cry <laughs> every day. But right before I moved to Canada, I, I was so scared because I felt like I'm going to a new place and nobody knows who I am. I have to establish everything all over again. I need to make friends and I'm just saying goodbye to everything I had in the States. Mm. So, yeah. What, what was your driving like motivation to actually move from the States? Is it because of the program you're accepted to? I want to say yes and no, because I also had grad school accepted me in the States. Mm. But I think mainly because Trump Trump become, <laughs> became the president. Oh, yes. And I, I I can't have that. And also, I think being an international student who needs work visa in the States, mm-hmm. I think a lot of his policy um, really makes that extra challenging. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I thought that, okay, my program would be two years. So mm-hmm. after I graduated, he would still be the president. And I still couldn't get a job under the circumstances due to the visa. So I ended up just coming to Canada. You know, that's really topical considering all the, you know, all the, how Asian hate rather is really trending right now. And mm-hmm. as it should be, right? Like, I think with Black Lives Matter, among other, like, you know, indigenous peoples and like other minorities, I think we should start putting a voice out, you know, standing up for ourselves. And for yourself, especially who perhaps does have, a, who, who do have accent. Right. Have you felt, you know, in your time in Toronto, even in the States, have you found that there was blatant discrimination against you just because of how you look slash how you sounded? Definitely. Um, and I think those are very subtle. Um, I, I think definitely the accent. Um, there are a few times both in the States and in Canada when I talk, uh, I think um local people can tell I'm not from here and they would say oh your English is really good and then they ask me where where are you from mm. yeah um so I, I I don't find it offensive but I do felt like when people like they they start to judge me by my appearance and then they were like oh like um they and then they don't even ask me like are you like where are you from are you chinese they they just assumed like oh you must be korean or or or, or they just yeah they just make assumptions like that it's mm-hmm. not very mm-hmm. nice. so it just i think i can i think i can understand where you're coming from in terms of like you just you're just not you're just trying to find a place and you're just trying to live your everyday life but you're always treated as the other right it may not necessarily be offensive sense in terms of like trying to attack you maliciously but you always treat it as the other, which make it makes it so much harder to, I guess, just to, you know, be integrated into society. Mm-hmm. Because always, yeah, I feel like you're always pushed on the outside just because of how you look and how you sound. Which yeah. I think for Martin and I, we did we never experienced that, or very rarely, because in our communities, mm-hmm. there's always been a strong Asian uh, presence. In the sense that we were never the other, right? Mm-hmm. We were always 
like we were always within our communities and the communities we grew up in whether it's east asian or south asian it was always very it was kind of like a mosaic in that sense more diverse for sure more diverse so i think we didn't really have that experience so we're sorry you um you definitely gone through that right while they might have not attacked you per se and i know in other parts of the world they are even look at the states right now right there's definitely people Mm -hmm. who are being attacked for being east asian right i guess like instead of saying like what do you think you want what are some of the changes you want to see in the world like where where, where are some things you want people to stop doing to make you feel awkward or out of place or the other in society oh that's a really good question i would just say i hope people could sort of admit there are things they don't know because I think a lot of uh, uh, misunderstandings and um, prejudice actually comes from ignorance. And Mm. I would be totally okay if they asked me questions instead of just giving me their assumptions. And I will give you examples. Um, I I was actually talking to um, a friend about this earlier this weekend that when I lived in Seattle, um, I, I lived in an apartment. And one time I just finished cooking lunch. It was just noodles, noodle soup. I put it on the table and then my apartment manager uh, knocked on the door and they gave me something or told me something. I don't remember, but I remember I opened the door and I finished the conversation with him. And then before he left, he saw that I had my lunch on the table and he smelled the food. So he said, oh, you know, it smells really good. You kind of people know how to make good food. And I I didn't know how to react, like my yeah. kind of people. Like, am I, like, what kind of people I am? Like, I'm woman, I'm Asian, I'm Asian woman, like, yeah. what? And yeah. he, he was a white man. Like, I, I don't know. It was definitely a weird dy- power dynamic there, but I didn't. I, I was so scared. I didn't know what to comment. I just said, oh, thanks. And then I just yeah. let him go and quickly close the door. Um, so I think small things like that just make me feel it's, yeah, I, that was I can weird. definitely feel like I'm, I'm the other. Yeah. Yeah. So like in that scenario, what, how do you think you would have liked him to have worded that question? If you could have that conversation again? Well, he, to be honest, if we were like going back in time, I still wouldn't have that conversation just because I was the only one in my in my place mm. and I opened the door and I just worry if he got mad, he can't do something to me and I can't fight him. So if say there were other people, well, actually, I don't know if there are like a few more of my friends or Asian friends in the room. I still don't know if I feel comfortable having a conversation with him. Yeah. What would you like him to say differently? If um, you could reword what he said i think it would be nice to say like oh your lunch smells good that'll be fine or if he wants to adjust the fact that it could be a chinese noodle soup he could just say oh like oh is that uh, like what cuisine is that or that looks like chinese food or something like that or how how did you make that or yeah what ingredients did you put in there that make it smell so good or look so good like i would be totally okay with that Mm-hmm. But the fact that, uh, yeah, I hope he doesn't mean it in a wrong way. I think it's just, it came out a little weird. Mm. It was weird. Yeah. I think, <laughs> like, like I you think people. the part where you added new people, I think that does stand out. Yeah. Right. It's like, like oh, you, people you, are just you people. exotic, you know, piece yeah. of meat. 
you know <clears throat> i know it's kind of odd um speaking of like being the exoticness right before we go- jump into our main topic today which is dating <laughs> being asians being exotic piece of uh you know goodies on the dating apps <laughs> goodies wow what a choice of words we're gonna play a small mini game called romance catalog <laughs> so in this game uh if martin had to pick three top choices when you when you decide on a girlfriend which three top things will he choose these can be physical traits personality traits or anything that he can think of what are top three things you look for in a girlfriend Okay, so Vicky and I already had some some minutes to kind of start putting together the list. I had my lovely consultant help me with uh, coming up with this list. And uh, so, Martin, you have a few minutes to kind of think about your top three choices. And you have less time because it's you, so you don't really need time. You just just top three off the top of your list. And we're going to write this down. And Vicky and I are going to tell you what our top three picks are when you're looking for what you're looking for in a girlfriend. And then you're going to tell us how close we are based on your picks. Okay, so... Just to make sure I'm understanding it right, yeah. uh, I'll pick my top three traits or qualities. Yes, but I I won't say it. Like yes. I'll just have it in my head, and then I'll have to gauge how close either of you are to yeah. those top. So three. you reveal to us what your top three picks are. I don't. Wow. Or, or do I do that at? Or do I do that then? At the end. At the end. Okay. I so gotcha. we're gonna, we're gonna reveal our side first, and then you get you can tell us what your top three picks actually are. Okay. Give me give me like one minute. Okay, and I actually I'll... have mine written down. I have a whole page of notes here. Wow. Okay. I have it wrote, wrote it down on my phone too. Okay, but, so okay, folks, wait. they gave me no time. <laughs> well, you're you. <laughs> Before we start, I want to ask Dan, yes. how long have you known Dan for? Your whole life? No, 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 no. It's very recent. Him? Very recent. Um, Three or four years post 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 uni. I post I uni. The... Yeah, the first time I met him was during like third year, second or third year, but we didn't hang out a lot at that time because we didn't go to the same university. Oh. And then I think it was afterwards where we started playing like video games together. Mm-hmm. So then we started talking more and then found out that he lived close-ish to us. So we would go and meet up for like dinner or bubble tea on a weekend, something like that. Yeah, just to hang out. Got it. So would you say... Dan knows you around the same time I met you, or I'm just trying to see. Yes, like... I would say so. Ballparked around the same amount of time. Okay, give okay, or take one cool. year or two, but okay. I don't know him that well. So <laughs> I know him well enough. I know him well. he is a he is a really nice guy, but sometimes he can be really secretive. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. So we will see about this list. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're, right. you, you're, you share things in a very controlled way. Mm-hmm. He does. <laughs> you know, some people, they're just open books. Yeah. But Martin is like, a, what do you call it? So toothpaste. You have to squeeze. <laughs> you will come out. Like he's in full. In his this time. is the first time I heard someone describe me as like toothpaste. <laughs> All right. But that's, that's an interesting analogy. All right, toothpaste, Martin. Do you have your list? Toothpaste. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Do, do I write it or can I just say, let me, let me jot it down. One jot second. it down, jot it down. So my categories are physical look, decision-making, and a little bit of cultural for a third one. Okay. Uh, I have my top three. Do I, did I, I did not rank them. That's okay. You don't have to rank them. It's okay. We're not no ranking. ranking? Okay. All right. So folks, Martin is ready after a bajillion minutes. It's been like 
It's like 45 seconds. Uh, <laughs> we've edited this, so it feels like it was 45 seconds, but reality, Martin, definitely took like 40, half an hour. Definitely 45 seconds. He spends as much time as he does doing this as uh, ranking his items. Don't, don't say, yeah, I was like, don't inventories. say inventory man. <laughs> Folks, that's also not true. Oh, you want to bet? I'll bring back a... <laughs> I'll bring back a previous guest. There's, there's, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. It's, it's all a conspiracy against me. Conspiracy, my butt. Anyways, no, I, a lot. I do. All right, a long all right, Martin. For if I were to okay. build you a romance catalog, these are your top three picks for when you're deciding on a girlfriend. Number one, in terms of aesthetics, you want someone who looks like the good girl next door, right? So think Betty to the Archie from the Archie comics. Someone who looks who looks super proper, uh, well put together, and someone that's presentable to uh, his parents from the get go. Right, that's aesthetics. Okay, in terms of decision making, you would want someone who is so. This is number two, in terms of decision making, you want someone who is wholesome. In terms of activities, someone who wants someone who is you know who does activities that are, that are risk free. Right. And within the within the walls, the boundaries of socially acceptable activities. So nothing too outside of the bubble. So like cooking, hiking, eating at restaurants, right? Those are all very typical dating activities, but you wouldn't do anything too extreme. Okay, for example, skydiving, for example. <laughs> okay. And number Can three, I- the third thing is, is that whoever you decide to date, they must share similar calendars right so likely someone from it from an east asian background just because our holidays traditions tend to <laughs> land on the same dates right because for me martin is someone who has a hard time adapting to change so you want someone who culturally shares a lot of similarities with him so those are my top three all right vicky what do you have wait can i ask you to elaborate dan on sure. what do you mean by wholesome Wholesome. I have a personal gripe with that word. <laughs> Good question. Good question. I, we won't have to go into that, but I, I do want to know. Sure. Uh, what do you mean by? Please elaborate on what you mean sure. by. Sure. Activities that are associated with, like socially acceptable activities, things that are oh. deemed okay. Some th- things are deemed these are really cute or fun, like things that you would not find under PG thirteen or, or above. <laughs> okay. Is this a PG-13 podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't, but I'm like, okay, okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I have to say, Dan, your your um romance category is well uh, is very well-rounded. I know. I, I felt like I didn't have those. That's okay. I had a consultant help me with mine. Who's <laughs> mm, a consultant? Is a secret. Who is your consultant? I don't share the identities of my consultants. <laughs> <laughs> I know who it is. You don't know that. I do. No, I actually. Do. <laughs> Anyways, Vicky, go ahead with your, okay, your catalog. I think. Um, do I need to come up with the name of the catalog? No, I'm not at all. Not at all. Uh, first, whoever Dan is going to date needs to understand his dad joke. I think that's very important. Wait, is this for Martin or myself? Me. Oh, for you? No, no, no. for me to write about oh, Martin, right? About Martin, the, okay, the pictures that Martin is looking for in his state. Perfect. Got it. Okay, got it. Oh, okay. Martin's yeah. dad jokes. Yeah. And then the second one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I think if the date doesn't get Martin's then a dad joke, she might have a hard time.、Mm. Like because it's everywhere.、Mm. Martin's dad jokes could be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Martin、um, doesn't have that many dad jokes when he talks with us. Really? No. I think maybe he shows. Maybe he's multifaceted,、mm. and he shows different side when he hang out with di- different friends group.、Mm. Okay. Um, second one, I put that this date probably wants to have similar worldview as Martin, so that means being a social justice advocate and probably should have same political beliefs. I think that's quite important because if not, I can totally see Martin just trying to argue, convince, trying to get. <laughs> He and he stayed on the same page, so it could happen. It might happen, but it will make the dating difficult. I think. Right. Feisty. That's a good one.、Um, actually, the last one I put is that she probably needs to love bubble tea, or <laughs> willing to try it. Like she can't hate bubble tea, or she can't like be so close-minded that if she never had it, she refused to try it. Because I felt like bubble tea is like the joy of Martin's life. <laughs> it's it's his it's his drug. <laughs>、yeah. So that's all I have. Yeah. All right, Martin. What say you? Okay. Actually, I really enjoy both of yours. I feel like they <laughs> offer some of these I would have never guessed that you would have for me, which is interesting. Like,、uh, so it shows a little bit of like, okay, so this is how my friends see me. Very interesting. So I'm not gonna say like super eye wide. Opening for me myself, but I, I that was funny.、Uh, anyways, mine. So, I'll say my top three first, and then I'll I'll explain them and talk about how close you guys were because some of them were quite different. So I have number one being open minded, open minded in in a couple different ways. More in terms of being like non judgmental or opposite of being judgmental. So、mm-hmm. I guess that kind of relates to your point,、uh, Vicky, about trying bubble tea. Although it's not, I'm not focused on bubble tea specifically at this point, but just in about things in general, whether it's food or another idea or another concept or another belief, whatever it may be. So open mindedness, but also open mindedness and trying new things, because、mm-hmm. I want to try new things too, and I want them, the person, to have maybe their own set of interests and like share that with me, and then I can share mine with her, and we can both try new things together.、Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So that's point number one. Point number two is willingness to communicate. This one I'm picky about because I think I think it's fine that different people have different communication styles, but the idea to be willing to try to communicate is really important. I can respect that some people are shy and they're not as open in the beginning, but I hope to get to a state where、uh, we can openly communicate and share with each other about good things, bad things,、uh, and just help build that、um, better understanding. Because personal philosophy of mine, I think with good communication. Leads to understanding between people, and with that, you can solve almost every single problem in a relationship. Not everything, but almost everything.、Mm-hmm. So that's number two. Number three is being, I guess, growth oriented. In that, so something I want to do and I aspire to do in my own life is to always find new ways to improve myself. Whether it's improving a certain craft, improving my career, improving、uh, my personality, or improving. My 
uh, life situation or the situation of my friends and family, just looking to improve. And so that will require effort and change. And I guess if my partner isn't like that or has troubles with that, then there could be room for conflict. So those are kind of my top three things. Sorry, I didn't have any uh, physical traits in there because honestly, it's not what comes to mind first. But yeah, and then culturally, I think, I mean, I think some of that is true, although it didn't really make my top three, Dan. So is it easier if I dated someone who's also uh, Chinese like myself? Yeah, of course, because we have uh, a little bit more similar cultural values and their folks might get where I'm coming from and vice versa compared to if that person was not Chinese. That said, I'm open to different cultures and I don't think it is the, it is, it's not a, a deal breaker by any means. And I think it's kind of fun actually to learn about different cultures and different people. I think so that's, that's, yeah, I think that's completely true. But I think for you, I think just as a guy, I think you would, while I think you enjoy learning about all the cultures, I think if you were to date someone from another culture, you would have to have a, like a really steep learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the growth as well, I think mm-hmm. find that you, you enjoy growth, but you tend to take things at your pace, which might not fit the timelines <laughs> of the other people necessarily. So I think whoever does date you, I think should, I think that's part of being open-minded, right? Being open-minded, patient with your timelines um, as you go through your journey of learning about different cultures and adapting as well as growing as a person. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, on that end, I think that's the end of Romance Catalog <laughs> <laughs> for this week. It's um, so fun. I know. <laughs> I, I'm working on these games. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting better at them. So anyways, um, going back to dating then, since dating other cultures, then people, different people, I want to ask Vicky, right, in terms of your dating experience within Toronto, I think we've, to a degree, we've all dabbled in a little bit of that in terms of dating. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we talked about Asian, being Asian a little while earlier. So mm-hmm. what do you think about people, like, do you, do you find that you're kind of categorized as in some way or form when you're dating? Like, it's like, oh, I only date Asians, or I... I, I don't date Asians. What do you think of people that have like types? Is it okay? Because I think nowadays and I'm reading on online forums, is Reddit, there's a little bit like people kind of shame folks for having a type or a preference for people with different cultures and groups, right? I think more or less just solely on physical features. But what do you think? Is it okay for folks to have a preference for different types of people? I thought it's definitely okay. Because I thought that even people don't verbally admit it that, yeah, I, I, I'm only interested in uh, people the same race as me. Even if they don't say it, if you look at their previous partners, you, you will get an idea. So I think it's okay. And I think it's personal preference. And I definitely has, I definitely has friends who are into certain race over the other. I have a good friend from university. She's, uh, she's white. She's Caucasian, but she's always into Asian guys in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, Asian girls too. She, she's uh, bisexual. bisexual. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have a preference in terms of East Asian or Southeast uh, uh, South, South Asian or Pacific Islander. And we had a conversation one time, me and my other friend said, hey, do you find yourself only attracted to Asian people? And then she thought about it. She said, oh, yeah, you're right. Like majority <laughs> of her partners, they are Asian by ethnicity. 
Yeah, mm. she did date um, a few like other race people along the way, but majority of the partners are Asians. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. What's your take, Martin? Is it okay to have a type? Yes, absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think everybody has preferences in anything, whether it's food,、uh, whether it's clothing, fashion style, or、uh, a dating partner. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just having a preference. So yeah, whether your preference is deemed shallow or whatever is a, like I guess another topic. But I think every single human being on this planet has a preference, whether they know it or not, or willing to admit it or not. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think there is in terms of like online. I think we'll talk about cancel culture in another like another episode. But、mm-hmm. in terms of like if you don't want to date someone because you don't necessarily fit your preference in terms of、uh, like. Physical features, whether it be size, skin color, or other factors, you're just shamed for it, right? On, on, at least on online forums, it's like, how、mm-hmm. dare you fat shame me?、Um, just because I'm a bigger girl or a bigger guy, you're not gonna date me. And that, to a degree, might be shallow. It might, you know, if we're if you're basing your decision solely on that, and perhaps not on personality, maybe that is something. That, I, I think it's okay to have a preference. I think I agree with both of you, but it's not okay to kind of bring down the other person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As long as you're respectful about it, you can say, "Hey, I just don't think this is working out." You know, as long as you keep those opinions to yourself, and then walk away from that conversation, I think that's way better than、mm-hmm. simply saying, "Yeah, you're kind of too fat for me," or "You're too Asian for me," "You're too femme for me," etc.、Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of not okay because then you're bringing someone else down.、Um, right. Order- yeah. Hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. It's this is not about trying to attack or offend each other. Yeah. Or bringing down another person—it's、yeah. just your own personal preference. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So when you, I guess, in your dating experiences, speak when you you don't want to have those conversations in terms of like explaining why you don't want to date the other person. The the most common response, I guess, is ghosting, right? Somebody. Oh,、else. I hate that. <laughs> I don't like that. But have have you personally ghosted anyone yourselves? I'm to the meat. I have, <laughs> but only because when that person. Are making me feel they're not respecting me, yeah. Or they said something that really upset me. Instead of me having a fight with this person online, I just chose to ghost them. Yeah, I, I've had those experiences too, where someone was like, like I, I told them that it's not gonna, it's not gonna fly, and they kind of、mm-hmm. went off the walls. Like, yeah, you know what? This is not something I even want to entertain our friendship at this point in time. So,、mm-hmm. adios.、Mm-hmm. Okay, I think. So you can tell me if this counts as ghosting,、sure. but I've had conversations where I guess either side kind of acknowledged that like we're not like a good fit, so we're not that interested,、mm-hmm. and so the texting kind of gradually slowed until it just stopped.、Um, no,、That's、I think ghosting、okay. is like very. I think ghosting is more sudden. You don't. There's no、more、explanation.、Sudden. I think. I think ghosting entails lack of closure. At least that's my definition of it. Okay.、Right? There's it just very abrupt. There's no mutual agreement that this is not working out. Mm-hmm. I think with you and whoever that other person is, I think、mm-hmm. you've closed off the closed off the gate. You know, said, "Hey, this is not going to work out." I think we both agree on this, and then you're both walking away from the situation.、Mm-hmm. I think that's okay.、Um, you're walking through the gate together, as opposed to someone walking through that gate, and then you're still other person still waiting inside.、Mm-hmm. So, what if we haven't, I guess, openly or, or directly confirmed that it's like, oh, it's not working out, but you can't we. Kind of both get the vibe because my responses to her are slower, hers are slower with me as well. Yeah, 
and then it just gradually okay. fades in. I think that's completely okay. I think yeah. in terms of ghosting, it's only I think it's only ghosting when both part like one party is still interested and the other party isn't. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. When the one party still demonstrates interest, well, that means hey, how are you doing today? Or hey, you know what's good? You know, and there's no response on the other end. That just shows that one party is still interested, showing interest, and the other person doesn't. And I think for me, that constitutes a ghosting. But if you both um, have reached a point where you're both not really interested, the slowing has come to a snail a halt, like snailing yep. halt, then I would say that's not ghosting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. Then, then no. You're uh, fine. No. <laughs> oh, look at this. Martin, a good boy. <laughs> I mean, I don't have that much experience, so it's... <laughs> you're not missing out much, Martin. <laughs> I know. So, so Vicky, have you, like, I guess, since you moved so... Like, I guess you moved since you were 16... I, did you like date a, date date a little bit when you were still in China? That's a good question. I was about to say no. I have never really experienced the dating culture in China myself. However, um, well, well, one of the reason I have to say is that it's frowned upon in China. Mm. Like it's not something teacher or the society or the parents are encouraged. Mm-hmm. Unlike in the U.S. in high school. Um, it's very public to have boyfriend, girlfriends holding hands for public display of affection. Mm-hmm. In China, it's not like that. So I did not have an experience of that. Uh, my friends and my classmates, they did. Mm. And from observing how they went through that, I definitely could find a very big differences in terms of dating culture. And I will briefly introduce what the Chinese dating culture from me as an outsider perceiving it is that uh, if a guy likes a girl, as for example, that that's what I saw uh, happen to my friends, the guy kind of like use different ways to pursue this girl. Like, for example, like uh, picks on her um, or like buy her small gifts or like say like snacks or breakfast after a while the guy would be like okay are you like i like you can you be my girlfriend Mm -hmm. and then the girl would say sure and then they would start go on dates like watch movies or eat together whatnot so it seems to me like dating actual go on dates starts after you two establish boyfriend and girlfriend that is very different yeah but in the states and i guess in canada too it's different in the sense that first is physical attraction and it's typically i guess the physical attraction first and then you will be sort of uninclusive no what do you call it not exclusive dating Mm-hmm. Right. So you can date a lot of people. You can go on dates with this yeah. guy. You can go on date with another guy. As mm-hmm. long as both parties are okay with it. Mm, or, open. yeah. And then after a while, if you still like this person, you start to hang out more. And then you essentially have this conversation like, hey, I like you a lot. And do you want to date me exclusively? Like, let's just not see other people. And then you try that for a while, and then one of you will say, okay, would you be willing to do a serious relationship with me? So I almost feel like is that you go on dates and whatever first to really fully trying to understand each other and to see if you're compatible and then have the serious talk. And then in China, it's the other way around. So I thought that's really interesting. 
Hmm. That is interesting. So <laughs> if I'm understanding you correctly, there's kind of three tiers uh, in terms yeah. of the more Western side. There's like the casual dating or non-exclusive, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Then there's the exclusive, which you guys are closer. Right. And then there's one more above that, which is like we're now like seriously dating. Right. Yeah. Whereas I guess in China, interesting, like, you've established a relationship first, and then you start the dating process, which is really interesting because I think I think for us yeah. in North America, establishing that we're boyfriend girlfriend is like very like late in the game. Like very that's the serious. that's the end yeah. that's yeah. the end that's the end goal. Whereas I think I guess in China it's like kind of the starting point. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, so what would happen? I, I don't know if you can answer this, but I'm I'm curious now. Um, mm-hmm. If a, a boy and a girl, or two people, it doesn't uh-huh. have to be boy and girl, but uh-huh. two people are kind of interested, but they don't know, like they're not a hundred percent sure yet. So they start hanging out, maybe one on one, maybe they go out and eat together or go on a movie, but not formally dating because they didn't make it official yet, or didn't they didn't have that conversation yet. So what would that be called then? Or is that even a thing? That's a really good question. I I think it should be a thing um, based (laughs) on what I watch from Chinese dramas. (laughs) But it typically is like the flirting period. Mm. Yeah. But I I think the the common uh, sort of expectation is that, oh, like we're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet. How am I supposed to go out with you like all the time publicly? Oh. Yeah, I, I oh. think, yeah. But definitely, I think for the past uh, few years, the North American hookup culture definitely influenced China and that oh. the online dating apps also taking over China's market as well. Mm. So China has an um, app similar to Tinder. Mm. And so I definitely think that the shift I think the, the the how Chinese people traditionally do dating quite a bit, yeah. What do you think about hookup culture? Is sexual chemistry that important in a relationship? I've I've now kind of I've now kind of like listened to a lot of stories. I have very few experiences myself, but I just know some some friends who have been with the same person for a really long time, and then you know they're very deep in the waters now, but. They found that they just there's just no sexual chemistry and they're like really now they're struggling now because they haven't explored that side of things. And mind you, I've known some other couples who have been like high school sweethearts and they've made it work right after mm-hmm. all these years. So I guess like what do you think? Is hookup culture a good way of just kind of testing the waters in terms of whether you'd work long term, whether you understand your own tastes, or do you think that's not as important, I guess, in terms of relationship? You go first, question. Vicky. <laughs> I go or, or first. Do, do, or do you need a second? Uh, you think, you well, both take a second. <laughs> I, no, I have my answer right away. Really? Okay, you go yeah. first. This is something that I've had multiple conversations with, with others. Interesting. And this is where I'm going to show maybe a little of my old man side, as Dan likes to call it, and some of my friends. You are old. But right. I, I don't think hookup culture should exist. I think hookup culture is you're initiating a relationship completely on something that's uh, superficial and shallow. I think it's fine if people, uh, like I'm sex positive, if people want to go around and do their thing, uh, go for it by all (laughs) means. But as a means to initiate a relationship, I don't think it's, I'm not even going to say it's not the best one. I don't think it's just a good one, period. Because it's not based on meaningful connection. I think physical connection and like a sexual relationship or sexual aspect to the relationship is important. 
but I do definitely don't think it should be the forefront. I think it is maybe secondary or like even tertiary, like a byproduct of a good relationship. If you're basing your relationships just on sex or the hooking up, then yeah, you're going to have a lot of trouble in the future with future partners or trying to maintain a long lasting relationship. Yeah, that's my hot take, if you will. Mm. You have a very good point. And I almost think that's the order that's the order matter. Like that's the physical attraction come first better than intellectual conversation. Because for me, I that's something I I still don't have answer to. I don't really know if the order matters. Because I think the traditional Chinese dating is that you obviously you go on dates. Well, you, you have boyfriend and girlfriend established first. You go on dates, movies, and then sex come way later. Mm-hmm. And for my parents' generation, they still expect the kids to don't have sex until they get married, right? So that to me is like, okay, intellectual conversation first. And the physical thing, it's way later. But I think the hookup culture really puts, like you said, the physical attraction and the sex life front and center. Mm-hmm. And if people can satisfy each other sexually, then they maybe they move on to the intellectual conversation part. And I, I don't know if the order plays a role in creating a meaningful dating life, mm-hmm. but I do have friends who met in party, hooked up several times, mm-hmm. ended up became serious boyfriend and girlfriend, mm-hmm. and now they're married. So I definitely know several friends are like that, but I also know people who go on sort of more traditional way and then are getting married. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I guess just to backtrack a little bit on my own point, I do think it's possible for it to work like as evidenced by some of your friends, Vicky. I just, I guess the thinking is first impressions stick and matter. And if okay. your first impression is a physical or sexual one, then then you're starting to judge that person based off that one experience, mm-hmm. um, which isn't good for establishing a more meaningful relationship, which we know from like studies and relationship studies and things like that. It, it comes down more to the personality, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you're going to be serious about somebody, it's because of the personality. Uh, mm-hmm. The looks, you kind of get used to anyways, and maybe the sex, you kind of get used to anyways. Which is not to say, well, that's a whole other topic about trying new things, but um, (laughs) it it comes down to the personality in the long run is my Mm -hmm. main point. Not to Mm -hmm. say it can't work. It's just not the ideal way to start, at least in my opinion. And Mm -hmm. based off some of the like the social psychology and the relationship psychology around it. Interesting. So what do you think? What's your take on that, Dan? What, like in terms of hookups? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get your thoughts too. Yeah, I think a hookup culture is like, I think it depends on what your goals are, right? So if you're just looking for sexual tension release, then by all means, go out, you know, date around. If you're not really necessarily looking for a relationship right now, you're, you're more career-focused, that's not your top priority, but you still want the intimacy just to, because there's always pent-up sexual frustration. Yeah, by all means, go out, you know? Like, that's not something you just play safe, right? Sex positive, but not STD positive, mm-hmm. right? That's important. Good point. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Yeah. I say, like, sexual chemistry is definitely important, I think, in terms of liking someone, in terms of making it work long-term. Because at the end of the day, if you're not sexually attracted to somebody, you know, that's going to 
I feel like that's going to create a lot of problems late in the late game, right? Really maintain that, that romance down the field, right? You might have, as partners, you might have high sexual drives right now, but eventually as we get older, we're going to start losing that, right? That's not true for everybody, but, you know, this starts slowing down as we age, right? So I think sexual chemistry is uh, really, is, is important, but I think personality and all the other traits that Martin mentioned are equally important, but I think sexual compatibility should be explored whether from the get-go or at the end in terms of hookup culture again i'm not a big fan of it myself just because of the rampant amount of like infections going around mm-hmm. right that, that like, i mean <laughs> the, with the rise of tinder a few years back you know stds and stis like uh they, they skyrocketed absolutely skyrocketed and it's just because folks are playing safe there's you know they're, they're relying on their primal instincts to just like you know have sex with each other you know, mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily taking precautions, which is for me is like, nah, that's not okay, mm-hmm. right? People are, are are screwing over their lives, literally, in some way or form. So <laughs> definitely not. I think hookup culture is fine as long as you're safe about it, but otherwise, it's not the most important, at least on my list. But I mm-hmm. can understand in some on like on some fronts of why you'd want to explore hookup culture. Perhaps it's like top of your list that has high sexual compatibility so you date around until you find the one person A matches that with you and then B let's explore the other facets see if it works out so it depends on your priorities mm-hmm. list which is okay however yeah. I think I, I'm very curious to I'm very curious to ask you folks in terms of you know is sex after marriage like only having sex after marriage is that an outdated institution or is it something that like, it's still very valued in many religions and cultures today right just like not having sex at all just like you know, save for after marriage, save for your one and only. What do you think about that? I can go first. You want to go first? Okay. I used to be super against sex before marriage Mm -hmm. because not only because um, I was born and raised in China, immersed in in that education by the teacher, by the society, by my parents, but also because I went to a private Christian high school. Mm. So I was being told that, yes, like you have to, only have sex with your husband or wife Mm -hmm. but i did go to liberal art college and that's a totally different story and i think after experiencing the hookup like not if i say experiencing hookup culture does that imply that i just hooked up for four years that's not shame there's no shame in hookup culture at all it's not it's not that i just want to be very clear that Yeah. yeah I didn't <laughs> experience. I witnessed, I guess. Um, yes. Like indirectly. And, yeah. I still, yeah, I think or, yeah. Yeah. Or immersed in, in friends experiencing those. Um, I, I, I felt like it's, it's okay to have sex before marriage. And I, I almost think that it's sort of a good system to figure out what you like, what you don't like, and figure out what's important for you figured out what some things will make a good um, sex life for you. And then I, I, I think it doesn't matter if you figured out with other people or if you figured out with your partner. But I, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's good to know what you want because I feel like getting married is not like you buy a product and if you don't like it, you can return. <laughs> You can get refund. It's not like that. So you wow, have Vicky. to try it. <laughs> yeah, no? try try yeah, before yeah, you yeah. buy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Take it on a test run. 
Of course. I think, I think uh, just adding a hookup culture, I think it's also a great vehicle in terms of exploring your sexual preferences. It's a great vehicle yeah. to explore what works in the bedroom for you, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to try new things, you have your own kinks. I think, I think it's a great vehicle to try things out. Yeah. I, like, I have to agree 100%. I think it's part of, I mean, your sexual preferences and your likes and dislikes is a part of who you are. And it could arguably be a very, very important part of who you are, mm-hmm. uh, which also obviously contributes to the relationship um, dynamic. So, yeah, definitely learn about who you are. Figure yourself out. I don't think you need to w- wait till you're married or afterwards. So, by all means. Yeah. I think part of what we understand in terms of, se- in terms of not sexual relationship, but just in relationships in general, a lot of it ha- is uh, shaped by media. Right, it's shaped by the movies. So, yeah. Movies grew up on. We always learn in movies, shows, etc., that the girlfriend boyfriend status was this prestigious title given to you, granted to you, when you've you both kind of earned it from each other. That it's mutually agreed upon. Whereas I guess in the eastern part of the world, not so much. It's something is just like you know, this is we're gonna be exclusive. We're gonna be to exclusive to each other from get go. And something to do, it's a kind of like promise or commitment to each other from the get go, which is also kind of interesting too. Mm-hmm. So I guess I want to ask, like, you know, you mentioned you watch Asian dramas, Vicky. Um, mm-hmm. Is that how it's presented from the get go in terms of? Because I don't watch Asian dramas, I watch a lot of Western shows. But oh. is that is that how it's like in Asian dramas where they establish girlfriend boyfriend status first and then they start dating each other, or is it different on shows and media? So I haven't watched any shows lately, like this year. But based on the shows I watched previously, I think, yeah, most of the shows are boyfriend girlfriend first. Definitely, they do have the flirting period, trying to figure out does he like me, does she like me back. But yeah, and also I think, in a lot of shows, there is definitely no sexing. No sexing. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like kiss. That's it. Mm, super PG. Yeah, yeah. very PG. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Do you like? Do you like that's watch? Do you watch like Netflix shows or like? I what? do. I love it. Ooh, <laughs> let's talk about some. Okay. One show. <laughs> um, did you watch? Well, I don't know a lot of Netflix show about dating. Oh, what was the one? Actually, I watched the one. Love is blind. Did you oh, watch that one? I did. It's a good one. It is interesting. I, I, I like those d- love dating circle. Like the, the the dating shows are very interesting. There was a, a circle. Love is blind. What was it? Was it? Was it? Was it Naked Island show? Oh oh oh! Too hot to handle. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I can't stand that show. Like I started mm-hmm. watching it. I I couldn't finish it. It just gets too silly. I think. Do you think like these bachelor bachelorette type of shows? Do you think they ever mm-hmm. work out in terms of relationships? I actually tried to. F- <laughs> Martin already shaking. No, his you head. go ahead first, Ricky. I followed a few couples who sort of met on those reality shows, and I followed their Instagram. And I think maybe only one couple they are still stay married and together. And I think the other couples already split it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they're like yeah. What? Sorry, they're they're set up for failure because I actually remember. I'm going to be a psych nerd for a second again, but um, there was an actual study on these type of dating reality shows. Uh, Specifically, I think it was The Bachelor, Bachelorette. This was a while ago, back during undergrad. And they tried to investigate 
uh, more about these type of media based or show based relationships versus you know regular regular human relationships mm-hmm. and they found that they're set up for failure although it is possible but generally speaking the set up for failure because of the way the relationship started it's all on camera right mm-hmm. so there's all this pressure from uh, the audience from society from whoever's the viewers right as well as the producers of the show to mold the relationship to look a certain way to get more views for that show mm-hmm. right and so it's not it doesn't really uh, help the people really connect with each other and learn about who they are and their preferences and things that a regular couple would would kind of talk through and, and learn about each other it's more just about whatever looks good and so with that mindset uh, whether uh, consciously or subconsciously the two people will treat each other not as like they would a normal partner they would meet outside of the show mm-hmm. right because they're influenced by all these factors which mm-hmm. leads to not a good i guess recipe for a strong long-term relationship mm-hmm. yeah i can see um, that so yeah i i personally don't watch a lot of these dating shows myself for some of these reasons and it's just it's not my cup of tea yeah but yeah i, I mean i think the ones i mean the one that i like the most it's not necessarily a dating show but terrace house i don't know if you watch it vicky no i i haven't okay. So Terrace House is a show, it's over now due to some like controversies and all the jazz, but it's a show where it's a house of six people, uh, three guys, three girls, where they just live day to life in Japan, uh, or not necessarily, there's one, there was one season in Hawaii, and the housemates can decide to leave whenever they want, but the housemates, it's almost like a dating show where you know they're trying to find love typically, and they get to date each other. So it's kind of like Big Brother, but like a little bit more casual. It's not actually a competition. So it's it's kind of nice because then you see people somewhat in their daily life, less scripted and less structured in a dating show because there's mm-hmm. no like you have to end by this date, right? You, mm-hmm. Like in terms of uh, someone wins a prize or someone wins this relationship. So that's kind of nice to see. And I've and we've talked about this in a previous episode where a couple actually got married off that show. Oh, wow. And yeah, it worked out really nicely. But mind you, as with a lot of these shows, a lot of couples don't make it. They don't make right. it through. Yeah. What about this show that's the opposite of hookup culture? It's called Indian Matchmaking. <laughs> I, I actually watched amazing. the couples yesterday. India Matchmaking? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Indian what Matchmaking. Yeah. Okay. What do you think I, about it? So it's funny because I actually watched a couple episodes just yesterday. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, a rough premise, again, only from a couple episodes, is that arranged marriages or uh, matchmaking is a big thing, part of Indian culture. If someone's son or daughter hasn't got married for like, and they're getting older into the 30s or whatnot, the family might hire a matchmaker to um, try to introduce them to a potential partner. And it's not like an arranged marriage where your family says you do it and you just have to do it. There's like choice and they would find a potential candidate and then the, the two people would meet and they could actually talk and maybe go on a date first and they could actually say no at the end, right? Like if they're like, if they don't think it's going to work, that's okay. They can, and then the matchmaker would find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of follows a matchmaker. I think one of the top in India and talks about how she handles um, some of her candidates and clients, which was interesting. I learned, assuming that that's like actually ha- what happens in India, and it's not influenced by the media in any way, right? I think that's interesting. It was a, it was interesting for me to learn about Indian culture a little bit more and some of the mm-hmm. 
I guess the challenges and processes they have to go through and um, just how some of the people there view dating and relationships and how they go about the whole dating process as well as their thoughts mm-hmm. on it. So watched a couple episodes so far. There are some people with, <laughs> I'll say very interesting <laughs> criteria. Uh, I'm like, wow, like you actually think th- this, <laughs> which is very, is kind of interesting and kind of surprising for me. I'm like, I can't, in the beginning, I thought it was fake. I'm like, no, no one can have this high of a expectation right Mm. but i mean if it's real and it seems like it i'm like holy smokes that is that's very interesting (laughs) yeah everyone Uh, has their very specific yeah uh, preference yeah Mm. there are some people who are more normal i guess Uh with like under at least with standards that i can relate with a little more Uh and then there's some that's just like way off i'm like what Mm -hmm. (laughs) um wow but yeah Interesting. I, okay. Dan, you might like it. I, I think you would like it, actually. I think Dan will like it. Dan, okay. you should check it out. I, I will think check the, it out. Here's some it, other Netflix shows that I think you should all watch. Which is? Which is? I'm laughing because I already know what Dan's going to bring up, and we already talked about this off the off the podcast. Go I, ahead, Dan. Have you ever watched Bling Empire? Oh, my goodness. I watched it um, oh, yes! not too long ago. <laughs> what do you think? I still think love is blind is better. Oh, yeah? um, I, I think uh, I I think the main reason is, is because Bling Empire is too dramatic. It's not it's not a dating show. It's a reality show though. Yeah, it's yeah, real exactly. People. I yeah. loved Bling Empire. It's so good. <laughs> I I love that there's like Asian like there's a show about the Asian Kardashians of the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Martin, you should watch it so we can all do an episode on it. I've watched the first episode. Actually, I've been meaning to tell you at some point during the last week, but it, it didn't come up. But yeah, I've watched the first episode. Okay. I'm proud of you, Martin. Like I, that, that's kind of the show. I don't picture Martin. But... <laughs> Mickey knows me. So Mickey knows me. It was hard. It was How hard. Dare you? It was so good. It was okay, very what, hard. what was what was not good about it? Tell me. Oh boy, this might <laughs> this might require a whole episode. I, I took notes on on things. Did I you? Did okay, like. we'll save it for the Bling Bling Empire like episode. Another episode. <laughs> All right, Mickey can come back for that one. I have like two other guests lined up for that one already. We'll have the whole okay. like party. Talk about Bling say, Empire. Yeah, I'll just say I didn't enjoy it because <gasps> the yeah no I did not enjoy it How at all. Dare you? You take that because back right now. No, definitely not gonna take it back. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Did both of you watch Crazy Rich Asian? I did. I did. How dare you, Martin? <laughs> exactly. Mickey, how dare you? We just talked about how you knew me. Do you think I'm the type of guy who would watch it? He clearly oh, but... doesn't support Asian Although, actors, actresses. No. So yeah. I, I will say, if I were to watch it, and I almost watched it, mm-hmm. uh, it was more to support um, yeah. the progress Asians have made in For terms sure. of the film industry. And I'm... I'm actually a big fan of that. I'm like, congrats, like mm-hmm. a little applause for the success of the crew and the cast and all those yeah. actors and actresses. Because um, I was about to say that the only reason I watched it when it first came out, like I watched it on a premiere day, yeah. was because I know that Crazy Rich Asian was uh, the second um, Hollywood movie that's full Asian cast. Mm-hmm. And the the last, the first movie that had the Asian cast was 25 years ago. Wow. That was um, Join Luck Club. So that, that was a huge thing in Asian American community. 
Mm-hmm. So knowing that, I just thought, okay, I have to go and support it, whether or not it's good or bad. I have to go watch it just to show my support. <laughs> okay, but what and do I you almost, think though of the show? I I actually think the movie was better than Blink Empire. <laughs> okay, Blink, Blink Empire is an actual plotline show though. It's it's a reality show. It's different. Crazy yeah, Rich Asians. Yeah, it, there's a huge yeah, storyline from start to end. There's a storyboard. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I still, I still enjoy Blink Empire. It's great. I think the I... second season is coming out. Soon. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, you should watch it. Support, support Asian uh, community. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody on that cast needs support from me. <laughs> they're That's already, no, they're already so rich. They don't even. Their net worth is. Kevin's yeah. not rich. Okay. He is he, by the end comparing of the show. Comparing to who? Comparing to yeah, who, right? C- compared to me, I'm pretty sure he's a billion times more well off. Yeah. He might not be at that. Uh, what were their names? I can't even remember any of their names. That's how little I care uh, about them. Christy, uh... Christine, Kim. Yeah, there you go. So maybe not at their level, but to me, like he's already way up there. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even on the same playing field as him. Right. <laughs> so. Right. I don't think any of them could care less about about me and my contributions. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I could we could go more into that for in, sure. Uh, just, another episode. I guess like one other show that comes to mind, which on our topic today is "To All the Boys I Loved Before." Mm. Have you watched that one? I watched the movie. Yeah. Um, like two years ago. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, when it first came out. I don't remember actually. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> but I do remember my reaction was that oh. The the movie was actually pretty good. It was better than I expected because mm. I I saw it was about sort of a teenager love and drama. Mm-hmm. But after watching it, my first reaction was that it's less about drama, but it, it shows more in depth about something about dating or mm-hmm. about love. Yeah, that that, that that's huh. deeper than what I anticipated. Yeah, it's a three-part movie now. It's like oh, wow. there's like there's like three it's yeah, a tr- I, trilogy, I think. I was gonna say, I think the second one is coming out soon, right? If no, not it's, already, it's, it's done. It's done. Like all, all three of them. Okay. All three of them are out. So okay, oh. I'm gonna go watch them. Yeah, it's a great. It's a. It's 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 like, I think choices made by the main character are questionable, <laughs> but it was it a enjoyable ride. If you're into chick flicks and things like that, it's a highly enjoyable ride, but. Are the decisions made by the characters questionable? Absolutely. Like I think, I think it doesn't perpetuate necessarily a the best messaging across the board. But it, like you know, it, I'm not the writer, so you know, it is what it is. Do you feel like? Do you feel like it's representative of what's actually happening, though? I, I haven't seen it, so I'll defer to both of your opinions. But do you feel like, despite being questionable, it's actually what people or real maybe high school teenagers are actually doing maybe maybe but everyone's different <laughs> it's hard to say because we only know okay. so much about uh, like a certain person or character but i think what we should do is watch all these shows and then come back and do a full-on episode to review all of them <laughs> for funsies Sounds good. <laughs> but it is great to see like it is is great to see that the asian community is starting to rise up in terms mm-hmm. of like the world stage right we have shang li kim's convenience there's a lot more. There's a lot more variety out now for young, uh, the young Asian community. 
mm-hmm. than there were uh, when we were younger. I think when mm-hmm. I mean I guess not necessarily for you, uh, Vicky, um, before you arrived to Canada. But I guess when we were sixteen and younger, uh-huh. there was really not too much on TV that like we saw ourselves in the characters portrayed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great way way to wrap up our episode today. Thanks again for coming, Vicky. Really appreciate you. And I uh, hope you'll come back for another episode another time. Yes, thank you, thank you, for you so much. Having me. Yes, is, of course. Is there anything you want to say to our audience? Any messaging to the world before we end off today? Final thoughts. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And please continue to support uh, my friend Martin and Dan. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Vicky. I, I wasn't expecting the plug for us. Thank I know. You so much. I thought it was going to yeah. be something. Like, You're the first person who did that, Vicky. Oh, really? So. We're gonna have to because we're gonna have to because the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. I have VIP nothing style. else to <laughs> VVIP. All right, folks. Thank you for your support. Again, smash that like slash follow wherever you listen to us, and uh, we'll hope to see you next time. See you, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.